Hello, you guys, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm so glad that you're here today. And if you're following us on Instagram, you know that today is the launch of a brand new episode, a brand new series on dating and relationships. I am so excited for these next few episodes. They're going to be incredible. We're going to cover everything from singleness to breakups and heartache to godly relationships that are rooted and founded in Christ. And I could not be more excited for today's episode. We're talking thriving in singleness. And I have such an incredible woman on this podcast. Her name is Ellis Madry from Moral Revolution. She is here to share truth and she is here to show you that this season of singleness is gonna be good and God is gonna use it in a way so how are we gonna step into obedience in that and walk through the season of singleness with the Lord at our side I am so excited so if you're listening today I'm assuming that you're single and maybe you're frustrated with God maybe you're angry with him maybe you're confused as to why you are still single today's episode is for you and I'm just so excited so you should go follow us on instagram so that you stay up to date with every single episode that's launching in the next six or so weeks you can find us at theabundant.co or you can just click the link in the description i also want to say before we get started maybe you aren't single maybe you're in a relationship and this episode doesn't apply to you i don't want you to click off because i really think that what ella says in this episode can be used in so many other ways i really think that we can grow in not only our single season but also in the relationships that you already have or maybe in a season of confusion or anger or you fill in the blank i really think that this episode can be good for us so Without further ado, let's dive in to the very first episode of Dating and Relationships. Um, so I guess we could just start off. I just want to know a little bit about you because obviously I have no idea who you are and just maybe how you got into um, moral revolution and um, just who you are and, and, and how God has influenced your life and maybe a little bit about your dating and singleness life and just what that looks like. Yeah, totally. So, uh, well, my name is Ellis Madry, um, and I currently run, uh, along with my husband, we are the directors of a nonprofit called More Revolution, uh, and we exist to uh, help tell the world a better story about sex and sexuality and relationships, um, and not just a better story, but what we believe is God's design for sex and sexuality. Um, but we're actually, we're very new to this job. We, uh, we just came on with MR about two months ago, right before the holidays. Um, and for the past few years, we have been running our own businesses, living in Austin, Texas. Um, and we, we actually just celebrated our second wedding anniversary last week. So we have not been uh, married all that long. Uh, we told, you know, when we came on to the Moral Revolution team, we said, look, if you want people to talk about marriage, you know, we are just getting our feet under us. But if you want people to talk about singleness and dating, we have a lot more experience with that. Um, so, yeah, my, both my husband and I, uh, we loved God from, you know, a very early age. Um, and we were both in ministry for, for 
quite a quite a while. He's a little older than me, so he was in it longer. Um, but we were in student ministry separately, and then he went on and kind of did some young adult ministry. Um, and I, uh, when I was about 22, moved across the country from where I was living, and uh, took a job with a uh, nonprofit. Um, called Messenger International with uh, John and Lisa Bevere and uh, got to work with them and travel just some ministers doing incredible, incredible work, reaching people, discipling people all over the globe um, and just kind of living that single girl life, you know, and, uh, you know, praying that God would, you know, work something out and bring someone my way, uh, but not you know, n- not going to sit around and wait. I was like, all right, well, whoever it is is going to have to find me while I'm on the move. <laughs> and, yeah, so, you know, wasn't wasn't too much longer. A few years later, my husband came into the picture and kind of the rest is history. So cool. Yeah, I came across your guys' page not even that long ago, and I just saw um, just your content that you're pushing out, and I was like, holy cow, I have never come across a page that pushes such truth and such um, encouragement for singles and then also people that are dating and just the purity stuff. Like, you just don't see the the realness and the rawness of that, that content and that side of um, – that side of singleness and dating. And, and I just was like, wow, I need them on the podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I'm happy to be here. It's so great to connect with you. Yeah, thank you again for being here. Um, I just want, today I want to talk about, there's my dog. <laughs> um, I love it. I want to just talk about um, singleness. And I just really, we're starting like a new series on dating. And the first episode is this one. And I just want to talk about the person that might feel like, um, just hopeless or uh, anxious in their season of singleness, whether that's a guy or a girl. Um, maybe they feel as though they've done, you know, everything right under um, under all those circumstances, and they feel like they have, you know, walked with God, and they feel like they're just on the right path, and they're not focused on a guy or a girl. Um, but it comes around to the holidays, and it comes around to Valentine's Day, and they're single again, and they're just like frustrated with God and maybe angry, what would you, what would you say to that person right off the bat? What would be just your first initial piece of encouragement? Yeah, well, I would say that God doesn't uh, just necessarily hand out husbands or wives as rewards for good behavior. That's not really how he works. Um, and for a long time, I really, I felt exactly how you described. I was like, God, I have done everything by the book. Literally, like, pick up the Bible. And I felt like I have measured up. Now, you know, looking back, obviously that's not true because we've all sinned and fallen short. But, you know, there was this righteous indignation in me where I was like, I should have a husband coming around the corner at, like, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. You know, every year I was like, God, surely this is the year. And, you know, felt like I had just, I had done the things right, and I'm looking to my right and my left, and I'm seeing people who maybe didn't, you know, hadn't lived, uh, you know, the same way that I had. They had made different decisions. And then they would end up, you know, meeting someone, getting married, and they end up in these, like, healthy, godly relationships. And I'm just, like, looking at other people, and I go, how come that is not me? Why am I still here? You know, 
when we got married, uh, I was I was 25 when we got married, almost 26, and my husband was 33, and he was like, you know, he he could tell you he was even like, you know, at 25, he was like, this is the year, <laughs> you know, this is the year, and then you know he gets to be like 27, and he's like, what's happening, you know, and you get to the 28, and you're like, surely by 30, <laughs> you know, and like little does he know, you know, it's going to be another three years, and. And I would just say, you know, our entire life, like from beginning to end, not just singleness, not just in marriage, but our entire life is a journey of refinement. And it's a journey where that continues until the day that we are face-to-face with Jesus. And the goal would be is that when we're face-to-face with Jesus, we look as much like him as possible, that we would have let him do his complete work in us every day that we're on earth and just continue to cut things away and to mold us and to make us more Christ-like and more like him. And I would say that that is the goal of both singleness and marriage. It's not, you know, that's not like I am uh, going to be good while I'm single so that God will send someone my way. No, the goal of singleness is to look more like Christ. The goal of dating is to look more like Christ. The goal of engagement is to look more like Christ. For sure, the goal of marriage is to look more like Christ. It's the goal in every season. And so I would say to the person who feels, you know, hopeless or frustrated or just like, God, what are you doing? God is hoping to work with you to mold you to look more like him. That's what he's doing. And he's going to do that in every season. And so I think the key is realizing, and I'm still learning this in the season that I'm in, but the key is realizing that the sooner we can surrender what we believe are the best plans, then we can step into what are actually the best plans that God has for us. You know, he promises that he has good plans for all of us. And so, you know, but to walk in God's plan, you have to lay yours down. (laughs) So that's probably what I would say to encourage someone in the singleness season. It doesn't necessarily take away the pain or the frustration, but it does bring some purpose. Yeah. Yeah, and I just think, like, how much more could God work if you did surrender that and you weren't so hyper-fixated on trying to go by the book and be so perfect, right? How much more could God move in your life while you're in that season? Yeah, I love that. That was perfect. Um, The next thing is, like, you know, you hear a lot of times people are like, enjoy this season or embrace your singleness season and and just, you know, like, live in it. What does that look like? Sometimes I just wonder, like, when when they say to like thrive in your singleness or to um, embrace it, what does that actually look like? Yeah, so I think when we're thriving in singleness, it's more of a don't put your life on hold until you get married. You know, I think there's I think it's kind of twofold. Sometimes the church will look at people as if uh, you know their life is on hold until they get married. I think that that's a, that's a wrong perspective. And then there will be other people who are single and they'll say, the church is looking at me like my life is on hold until I get married, without the self-awareness that they're acting like their life is on hold until they get married. Yeah. And so I would just encourage people, you know, step out, take some risks, do the thing. Start becoming, you know, when you surrender to the Lord, you know, in his process, as he's making you more like Christ, 
hopefully you're becoming the kind of person that the person you want to be with wants to be with, you know? And so, you know, you really can't do that by putting your life on hold. I'll give, you know, a personal example is, I mean, I was, I was absolutely sure that I was going to be married by 22, but you know what? It didn't happen. Imagine that, you know, 22, I felt so old. Um, but I had, you know, the opportunity to move from Louisiana, uh, where I was from, where I had been my entire life. I grew up there. My whole family was there. I went to college there um, and had this opportunity to move to Colorado Springs, Colorado, which felt, you know, halfway around the world to me. <laughs> you know, at the time, that's how it felt. I was like, I'm going to move away from everything that I've ever known, from everything, you know, that feels familiar to me, because this is a door that God opened. Um, and maybe a cross-country move isn't, you know, what every single needs to do. Um, but my, you know, my conviction was, I'm going to follow God through any doors that he opens. You know, he'll give you he'll give you that inner sense of discernment and peace as you walk with the Holy Spirit and ask for guidance, you know, guidance. But I would say thriving in singleness looks like what's God asking you to do today? Okay, we'll do that thing. And then when you get to the next day, and then you get to the next week, and what's God asking you to do that day? Will you do that thing? And you do it to the absolute best that you possibly can. Um, and you, you look at what's in your own hands and in your own life, and you say, it's me and God. I have the opportunity to try and steward my life in the way that it feels like God has asked me to. And that's all I can focus on today. And sometimes that will look like massive changes in life. And sometimes that will look like day-to-day -day faithfulness. And you just keep taking those steps forward, trusting that God's going to bring a person um, in the timing that he has. And to be honest, you kind of get to a point where you're like, if it's not in God's timing, I don't want it anyway. You know, it would only unlock so many painful areas of your life when you try and force something. That's not what God has for you. Oh, that is good. Yeah. If it's not part of his plan, I don't want it. I love that. <laughs> That's good. That's really good. And then I think another question that I, I think I've asked myself and a lot of other teenagers and young adults have asked themselves is, does God care about my singleness? Like, does he really care that I'm single? Because, like, in the Bible, it doesn't talk much about dating. It doesn't really cover that stuff. So does God really care? Yeah, I think, you know, all throughout Scripture, we see that God cares about everything that we care about. If it concerns us, it's on his heart and it's on his mind. Now, he has a greater perspective. So it's like if, if we're just absolutely consumed with, you know, longing and pain and, you know, all of these things and, uh, and frustration, he knows, he's aware. You know, Scripture says that he's close to the brokenhearted. It says, come all you who are weary and burdened. You know, over and over, we're told in Scripture that God cares about the things that we think about, about the things that we see. But it, it also shows us that he has a greater perspective on those things. He's like, yeah, I know. I know that my kid is hurting. I know that my daughter is feeling pain right now. And while I don't want her to feel the pain that she's feeling, 
I'm going to allow these emotions to play out so that, well, how about there's purpose in our pain and that we learn how to steward our emotions? How about we learn how to steward frustration? I mean, we're never told in Scripture that following Jesus is easy. We're never told that we're just going to have it all made. In fact, we're told the exact opposite. And so I think to answer your question, God absolutely cares how we think, how we feel, what we're going through. In singleness, in dating, in relationships, he sees it all and he cares. But he also has a greater perspective of how those emotions and how those seasons mold us into the person that he's called us to be. And I think that he's able to keep that greater perspective even when we aren't. Because he goes, he, he understands what we were talking about at the beginning, which is the goal of this season of your life is to look more like Christ. And so he goes, okay, I can use this. I can work this together for good. I can take these emotions. I can take this pain. I can take this season. I can take this, even this discontent. And I can teach, and I can mold, and I can guide, and I can show my, you know, my daughter, my son, how to navigate these seasons of frustration or discontent or pain. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, when I'm thinking when this individual, whether um, it's somebody that's listening or just when you're feeling like God doesn't care or God isn't listening to it, maybe he does. He's obviously, he cares and he knows, but maybe he's thinking, how can I use this singleness or this frustration or this anger or this fear to grow you in relationship with me, but also grow you in a way that you're able to not fixate on on this season you know um yeah i think that's good i think god cares but he also cares more about the relationship that you have with him and how you're going to grow in that in that season um yeah. well and you know not i don't i don't mean to cut you off i just also to add to what you're saying i would say that you know when you get married i'm two years into marriage so i'm still very much a newbie at this um but some of that, you know, the, so loneliness doesn't just go away because you get married. You know, discontent with certain things doesn't go away because you get married. Frustration doesn't go away because you get married. There's still these emotions that singles feel. And let me say this. I have a ton of compassion for people who are walking through singleness, and they're just like, God, why hasn't it happened? You know, and I'm talking people who are into their late 20s, 30s, and even their 40s, where they go, this just, this makes no sense to me. It's a deep longing in my soul. And, you know, it's hard to say, you know, this is the reason why, you know, I would never want to come in and be like, well, this is, you know, X, Y, and Z. I would say I have so much deep compassion for people who truly feel broken in this area of their life. And there's, you know, it's not a but, it's an and. And those emotions that you feel while you're single, you still feel innocence in marriage. Um, And so I would say that everything, all of life is a preparation, you know, that you have to, or not that you have to, but that you go through um, to be able to handle that emotion the next time you feel that emotion in the next season in whatever new circumstance you're facing. You go, okay, you know what? I built this muscle a little bit. 
because I remember the last time I felt this way. I remember how I took this to the Lord and he met me in, you know, in that moment and in that pain. And so now that I'm encountering this in a new season on an even greater level, I built the reps. I did the reps. I built the muscle. And I know now, okay, this is, this is what I do when I feel discontent. This is what I do when I feel lonely. This is what I do when I feel broken. And all of life is just kind of a series of levels. You'll encounter something on one level, um, and in the next season, you will encounter the same emotion, the same internal struggle, and it will be on a deeper level. But when you steward the emotions and the struggles well in the season you're in, you set yourself up for the next time you face it. That is so good. I love that. Oh, my goodness. You just, like, spoke to me. <laughs> I'm just really feeling that. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next point I have on here, I'm just kind of going down the list. Um, I think it seems to be very common for our generation um, of teenagers specifically. Um, it actually, maybe not, maybe not only teenagers, maybe I'm not even saying this right, but to seek a boyfriend or a girlfriend at such a young age and, um, or even like after a breakup, you immediately feel like you have to find somebody. So maybe I am talking to teenagers, but just like, it's like, it's like your missing piece, right? Like your better half, or you just need that other piece of you to complete, um, yourself. And so I just see our generation finding um, a boyfriend or a girlfriend to fill that, whether it's a difficult point in your life or after a breakup. Um, it just seems like we're afraid to be single. And so I'm just wondering what you would say to somebody who might be afraid of walking through hardship alone. Um, so in turn, they run to a relationship that might be unhealthy or dangerous to them. Yeah, well, I would say that, you know, the goal would never be to be in uh, a relationship that's unhealthy or dangerous. I would also say that most people who end up in relationships that are unhealthy or dangerous, their goal was never to end up there. If you had asked them at the beginning, is your goal to end up in a relationship that's unhealthy or dangerous? They would absolutely say no. However, it's probably a sign of, you know, something that in them that feels like, I am, you know, you mentioned this, I am scared to be alone. I don't know how to sit with this emotion. I don't know how to sit with this internal struggle. I don't know how to sit with myself or with the Lord. And, you know, I'm not inherently opposed to people dating young. You know, I think God does different things in different timing. High school sweethearts get married all the time. You know, like, so I would not say that there's anything inherently bad about people who start dating very young. But I would say that at any age, when you are jumping from relationship to relationship to relationship because you're scared of sitting with yourself, by yourself, in the stillness, in letting God examine your heart. You're scared of, you know, I would say then, you, we've obviously got an issue there. And you don't let God do the work in your heart that he needs to do in this season. And so I would just say, look, if you notice that pattern of yourself of like, I only have deep relationships and after I'm out of one, I'm on to the next and I can't, you know, I can't sit still. I, I have to have that affirmation. I have to have that attention. I have to, I would say, could you let the Lord give it to you? Could you take a season 
and learn to be loved by God. Um, because I think that that would be, uh, that would typically be the issue is the person genuinely has never learned to be loved by God. And I would say that there is no greater thing on the planet. There's no greater power on the planet. There's no greater feeling on the planet. There's no greater uh, purpose on the planet than being loved by God and knowing his love. And so I would say if you're looking for all of your affirmation, your sense of self in a relationship, with a human being. You will never find what you're actually looking for because you were created to be known and fully known and fully loved by God first. And so you might jump from relationship to relationship, but you're never going to find what your soul is actually after, which is the love of God. Yeah. So when we talk about loneliness and we talk about sitting alone with the Lord and with yourself and that, what are like some practical ways that somebody can combat that loneliness and, and find joy in the Lord and find joy in their season of singleness? Like what would be some ways that, that we could do that? Yeah. I mean, the reality is, is it, it's not easy. You know, we talk about these things. I'm like, Oh, just sit with God. <laughs> You know, just read your Bible for hours a day, and you know, there there's an element of of it that you know it seems very pie in the sky. It's like, okay, well, how do I do that? Um, I would encourage someone on a really practical level. First of all, are you in good community? Like, you might not you might not have you might not you might be you know scoping and hoping on the horizon, you know, scouring for, you know, <laughs> you know, God is it, is it that person? Is it that person? You might be, you might be keeping your eye out for that. And you might be missing the godly friends and the godly community that he's put in your life. And so I would say on a super practical level, are you plugged into a church? Are you serving? Do you have friends? Do you have people in your life, not, not on a romantic level, but just on a friendship level? We were made to be in relationship with others. Do you have people in your life who you can talk about your hopes and your dreams with? Um, and so I would say on a super practical level, are you plugged into good community who shares your heart and your passion and your core values? Um, but then there is an element of taking your emotions to God. And I would say that very practically, that looks like I wake up in the morning and I go, God, I feel disappointed today. I feel overwhelmed today. I feel like you've forgotten about me today. You know, I feel like you are out here showing up for everybody else, but you're not showing up for me. You know, and whatever that feeling is that you have in your heart, once you can get honest about that with the Lord, you're going to start taking some steps forward. Because sometimes you just have to, like, voice it. We, I think a lot, of, especially people who grew up in the church, kind of feel like, I'm not going to say that. Like, God already knows how I feel, you know, or I'm not going to, I'm not going to dwell on, you know, the negative. I'll just, you know, push through and X, Y, and Z. Like, sometimes you need to say things out loud 
for your own sake. <laughs> you know, yeah. tell God how you feel for your sake. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Sometimes I feel like I'm trying to like sugarcoat things, right? Like our, my prayers sometimes like I'm trying to use bigger words and I really think that that's from like growing up in the church and you just feel like you have to mask things and, and then sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish I could just like talk to God like a friend, but I really can. Like I can literally share everything that's on my heart because he knows it, but he knows it and he wants to hear it voiced. And yeah, that's good. That's a good point. Yeah, I totally agree. I think some of my my, you know, deepest revelations about what God is doing in my life in prayer have come simply because I was talking to God and I said something about my situation or about how I felt that just once I started talking, it came out of my mouth and I didn't realize that that was even in there. You know, it's like it was buried so deep down and you start talking and you go, oh my gosh. God, you knew that was there, but you wanted me to know that that was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you voice it and you say it, and you're talking to God. And then, who knows? A couple of weeks later, you see it played out, and you're like, oh, like now that I voice it, I see how God is moving. Like there's just something. There's an element, like you said, to talk, to speaking it and to getting it out there and getting it to God that He's able to use it in in a way that you just didn't realize He would. So yeah, that's that's really good. Um. So uh, talking about, like, more steps or things that we can do, what would be some ways that we can, like, actually use the time of singleness, not only to, like, make ourselves, um, uh, get ourselves closer to God or get ourselves to um, understand who he is and how he works, but to honor him and to glorify him through the whole process of singleness? Totally. You know, I would say this. Every season of your life is a season that's meant to be stewarded. It's a season where you are meant to, like, look at what you have in your hand and say, how can I invest what I currently have in a way that will multiply, right? You know, we see in Scripture with the parable of the talents how, you know, the master gives his three servants three different sums of money, and he gave one servant a lot, one servant uh, a little bit less, and one servant just a tiny amount. And the servant that he gave a lot took what he was given and invested it and multiplied it. He, like, he took what was in his hand in that season and he said, how can I invest this in a way that leads to, you know, that leads to an increase? The, the servant that was given just a little bit, you know, less did the exact same thing. He said, this is what God has given me, or this is what my master has given me. Sorry, I'm like placing my own experience over. This is what this is what my master has put in my hand in this season. How can I take what I currently have in my hand and invest it in a way that will lead to increase? But the last servant didn't. He took what he had in his hand and he just buried it. He buried it in the ground. He didn't lose it. Let's also let's also let let the record show. It's not like he went and squandered it. He just didn't use what God had given, I mean, what the master had given him. And when the master came back after a period of time away, he told the first two servants, well done, good and faithful servant. But he called the last servant wicked and lazy, which is mind-blowing to think that someone who doesn't, it's not that he squandered it, it's just that he didn't use what he had given him, was considered wicked and lazy. And so I would say the same applies to every season of our life. In every season of your life, God gives you 
things in your hands. It might be resources. It might be relationships. It might be opportunities. It might be dreams or visions for what you want to do. It might be, I mean, look at what you're doing. I, you're, you're in your own season of singleness, but you feel like God has given you, you know, this, uh, this passion for calling people into the abundant life that he promised. And so you said, okay, well, God, I will do, I'll do whatever I have to to get this message out. I'll buy a podcast mic. You know, I'll show up on social media with this message. I'm going to talk to the people in my world and encourage them. I'm going to put this message out there because this is the passion. This is the message that you've given me. And what I have in this season is time. So I will give my time to steward what you've given me now. And I'm sure, Addison, you're going to have seasons of your life where you have less time, but God gives you something else. And you'll take that something else and you'll say, okay, how can I invest this in a way that leads to increase? How can I invest this in a way that leads to, you know, more people knowing Jesus? How can I invest this into you know, other people's lives. And so I would say that there's not a person on the planet in whatever season they're in who hasn't been given something. You know, you have something that you've been given. And you have to look at that something and say, in this season, I can invest this in this way, and it will lead to an increase. Um, and so that's what I would that's what I would say to someone who's in that season of singleness. Look at your season. What has God given you? Has He given you time? Has He given you a dream or a vision or a goal? Has He given you friendships? Has He given you a church family that you're involved in? Has He given? Are you in school? You know, are you in? What has He given you? What's in your life? And how can you look at that thing and say, God? I will, I will give this to you. I will give my time, attention, and energy into stewarding this well. And I trust you that in the next season, you're going to give me something else that needs to be stewarded. And maybe it is a relationship. Maybe it is a relationship. Maybe it's not. But in this season, what do you have to steward well? Oh, my goodness. That was so, so well said. I that was amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> just like sitting here, just taking it all in. Um, no, that was amazing. It was beautifully said. I just, I think, yeah, I mean, we have these things, like you said, placed in our lives and not to repeat what you said, but how are we going to use this time to steward everything that he has given us and to honor him and glorify him through the whole process? Like, I'm just thinking like, yeah, like you said, you're pointing it out. Like I, like I have this this podcast that I'm doing this, and and how am I going to use this in this season? No matter what it looks like for me, how is this going to return to His kingdom and and to be there for His glory and not for my own, but for His glory? And I just, I don't know. I just think about the listeners that have those things in their lives and that are maybe confused and frustrated, like what has God placed you in? What school, what workplace has God given you to be able to speak his name or to um, just simply share your story? And I just, I don't know, I just pray that those people would be able to see that and that God would open their hearts and their eyes to be able to step into that next um, 
stewardness of their of their life. So, yeah, thank you so much for joining me today. Do you have anything else to add before we close? Yeah, I would just say, you know, uh, with Moral Revolution, we we answer pretty much every question you could have about dating, relationships, sexuality. Um, we have a blog that if you have a question, we've written a blog on it. So if you just go to morerevolution.com, you can find it. And we have a podcast where we talk about it all the time. Um, and, you know, I would just encourage the people who are listening, if you find yourself in the singleness season and your goal, your dream is to be married one day, whatever you don't deal with now, will follow you into marriage. <laughs> and so as you're thinking about how to steward this season, let God deal with some of the things. Let him deal with the insecurity in your heart. Let him deal with your frustration or your pain or your temper. You know, let him deal with things now. Because anything that you don't deal with not only follows you into marriage, but gets magnified. And so I would just say that that's, a, you know, that's one of those points about how are you stewarding what's in your hands right now. Well, how are you letting God work on your heart in this season? Um, and that will, that will pay dividends in future seasons. Love it. Perfect. Yeah, and I can attest to more Revolution blog. I did a deep dive, and they definitely have everything that you could look for and need. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you so much for joining me today. Your encouragement was amazing, and I know that so many people are going to be able to walk away from this episode and just feel so ready to conquer this season of singleness and to just honor and glorify God through the whole thing. So, thank you. Well, I'm so honored you'd have me, Addison. It's so great to talk with you. Awesome. All right. Oh, you guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I just had such an incredible time talking with Madri. I just felt like she was speaking to me, and I hope she was speaking to you, and you could feel God moving in this season of singleness for you. So if this resonated with you whatsoever, I encourage you to share it and and bring life to other singles that maybe don't get to hear this message. I would also love if you guys would leave a review. Let me know what you guys think of the podcast, what you're excited for, for this upcoming series. I love to hear from you guys and how the Lord is working in your life. Thank you guys for listening. I will see you next week.